Dad and I were driving this week, um, running an errand. We had an interesting conversation, and it just some things he said and just the conversation. We were talking about Vermeer, uh, the, the manufacturing plant down in Pella. And uh, it was, Dad obviously grew up in Pella, so he had some working knowledge there. And he, he was talking about a, a man that Scott and I actually did a roof for 20-plus years ago. He was a worker at Vermeer. He was a brilliant man. No education. But he would design this, these implement these tractors and so forth, and he would design them. He would build them in his own little shop, and then he would give them back to Vermeer, and they would reverse engineer. In other words, they would take the finished product, they would figure out how he did what he did by reverse engineering. They didn't have a plan. They made the plans off of his finished product, and that sort of stuck with me, and it's just a fascinating ability to, to be able to do something like that. And, and I've, I feel like it really fits in the context of this particular, this particular uh, theme of the, the program. Because you and I have a stated end. We have a, we have a culmination. We have a command in scriptures. The Lord says in Matthew 22, verse number 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. We have the finished product. How many of you feel like you have that just locked down solid and tight in your life? I'm a miserable failure at it. And I see it, I'm like, how do I, I know that's what I'm supposed to be, but I can't quite get there. Well, we're in another passage, and it sort of starts to shed some light on it, and when we've dealt with this passage before, and most of you know it, 1 John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. And okay, that, that starts to get us in the direction. Now, it's, it's not an internal thing. It's not a self-driven uh, desire. There, there's a, there's, God's love toward me is the driving force. I know those two facts. And yet, if you put on my report card my grade, it would be a giant F in the, do I love God with my heart, soul, and mind? I'm still not there. And as I was thinking about this, it's going to come kind of silly perhaps, and, and some of you will get this illustration. Um, I was actually thinking the other day of the old classic musical, Fiddler on the Roof. Some of you know that. Some of you watch it. Some of you are nodding your heads. You know what I'm talking about. So it's a story about some turn of the century, 19th century Jews in Russia. And I won't belabor the whole plot of it. But there's a, there's a wonderful scene in there. It's a very tender moment. If you know anything about the plot, this man, Tevya, the, 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 the named character, the, the, the primary character in the play, he has some daughters. And so he's one by one. They're coming of age to be married. And, and so at that time, it was all arranged marriages and things were all done by the matchmaker and so forth. And he comes and one of his daughters basically says to him, Dad, I don't want you to arrange a marriage. I've already found this young man that I love, and I want to marry him, and I don't want an arranged marriage. I don't want you to figure it out for me. And he wrestles with that, because his entire idea of marriage was he was an arranged marriage. He was, he was he's in, in the song they sing, Do You Love Me? He says, The first time I met you was on our wedding day. And that's his idea of marriage was this, two people just get shoved together by their parents and that's it and away they go. And so his daughter having this concept of loving relationship and being the driving force and this, uh, this love for one another being the impetus for the marriage, he starts to scratch his head on this. He just can't quite get a hold of it. And so he asks his wife, do you love me? 
And of course, she's come from the same, the same mind frame, and she's kind of like, what kind of a stupid question is that? And this is all in song form, and I'm, I'm streamlining it. And they go back and forth. Do you love me? Well, I don't know. Do you love me? I don't know. Do you love me? And is this important? And, and finally, she comes to a point, and she goes, do I love him? She goes, for 25 years, and I'll get all the words not exactly right, but for 25 years, I've, I've milked a cow, and I've, I've fed them, and I've, I've clothed him, and, and we've shared the same house, and we've done this, and for 25 years, my bed is his, and, and all of these things. She starts enumerating all these different things that they have been doing for 25 years of their marriage, and finally she goes, if that's not love, what is? And they come to the realization, and he's all excited. She loves me. And he goes, well, I guess I love you too. When they had this sweet, tender moment, is they finally realize that they've maybe never used that word, but their life has been filled with loving acts one to another, and they can, they can finally put it up. Now, I know that seems like a stupid illustration or, or, or where I'm maybe not sure where I'm coming from, but it was the recognition of the little things that had been happening day by day moment by moment, that, re that made their love a reality. It gave them a confirmation. This is happening. There is a love here because I'm seeing what the other is doing for me. I see it in real time, and it's, it's not all fly fireworks and, and flashbangs. There's that small moment here. There's that small moment here. There's a small gesture here. There's a small word there. There's this kind act here. And all of those things, that is love. And because I see it coming from you, it's easy to give right back. And it's a, it's a brief encapsulated human moment, but I think it does help us in this idea. God says, love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, and mind. We say, I can't do it. He gives us a clue. It's because of my love. We love him because he first loved us. And we're still like, I still don't quite get there. Well, let's reverse engineer one level down further, and we'll see if we can't get ourselves there. In this stupid illustration of Tevye and Golda, it's about milking the cow and sharing the same house and all of these little acts of love. But the Bible tells us in Romans 5, 8, and 9, but God commendeth his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners. God put on display his act of love in that culminating way is the cross. God demonstrates, he laid out there in very clear terms, his love and it's purely laid out. And that's wonderful. And you, are, you and I recognize and remember that first moment when we came to a saving knowledge of the cross and, and Christ and his finished work and our heart was overwhelmed and there was a love for God because we were enraptured by that moment and that that. that recognition of what God had done and that demonstration moved. And let's be honest, and, and, and we, we understand this because it's written in scriptures, it is easy and frequent that we lose our first love. That reality be, starts to become commonplace and we start to drift away. It's not that we don't acknowledge it, it's not that we don't believe it, but it starts to lose its efficacy in keeping our mind attached and keeping our mind in that reciprocated love format. So I want you to think about this for just a little bit. Look at verse James chapter number 1, verse number 17. Some of you know this verse. I'll read it to you. If you don't, James 1, sorry, I've got so many markers here in my Bible. James 1, 17, it's a verse that you know. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So we have a truth that God gives every good and perfect gift. Everything that's in your life that is good is a direct gift of God. Yeah, amen. Everything. 
It is God doing a work in your life. Now, it may not be fireworks and flashbangs. It might be a small moment. It might be a healthy child. It might be recovery from something. It might be a clear path in your next step of the journey. It might be a verse of scripture that just burns in your heart. But every good thing that you are seeing on a daily basis is a gift from God as a demonstration of his love. And that is why, and with this last verse we're going to close here, that is why Philippians 4.8 becomes such a crucial, crucial moment for us. And to me, this is what we boil it all down and it comes to, and the rubber meets the road. If we want to fulfill that Matthew command, love the Lord thy God, we recognize 1 John 4.19, our love is a reciprocation of his love towards us. But how do we get there where we keep our mind focused and we see the love of God frequently coming into our lives and it, it changes us and it molds us and it drives us into a love for him. First, or excuse me, Philippians 4.8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Why are those things listed? Are those not all good and perfect gifts? Are those not all the things that God gives to us, the good things, the just things, the pure things, the holy things? Those things are gifts from God. And when we see those and we let our mind dwell on those and we capture, we, we let those captivate our minds and we fill our thoughts with those principles, those things, those illustrations of God's love, it's like Tevye hearing from his wife, well, love was when I milked the cow and love was when I did that and love was when I did that. Oh, that was love. And it's easy to send that love back because I see it now manifested. We all see the big, one big event, the cross, and we love our, that's the love of God, and that's the only thing we see, and the rest of it is just life that happens around us, and it's, oh, it's just coincidental that that happened. It's not. It is a gift from God, and when we start recognizing it as a gift from God, now our heart is drawn to Him and reciprocate that love because we see it coming at us, and it's easy to let it go back the other way. Let me ask you this. How much of your day is spent dwelling on the negative? And then we wonder why there's no love for God. How much of your day is spent looking on the horizontal plane, worrying about this problem and that problem and that frustration and that dis discouragement and that thing, and I'm not quite getting that, and I'm not quite... And we look all this way, and all we see is the negative that human interaction provides... And we fail to see the good and perfect gifts that cometh down from the Father above. And then we go, oh, I guess I don't love God. Well, he's loving on you, but you don't, just don't see it. It's like Tevya seeing all those acts of his wife, all those things she did. She milked the cow every day. He never took notice of it. He never saw that as an act of love. But as soon as it clicked, he was right there. He was ready and eager to be a part of that loving two-way street. What are you filling your mind with? Maybe not even bad things. But do you allow negativity to fill your mind? Do you allow frustrations to dominate your thought processes? Do you look around at the world and just get all bent out of shape? Or do you look at each and everything that is good in your life and say, that's love. That's love. That's love. And I love you back because I see your hand in my life in very clear, purposeful ways. It may not be big ways, 
but those little handfuls on purpose, as we see in that wonderful Old Testament story, God giving those little handfuls on, handfuls on purpose to encourage. May our love for God be true. May it be real. May we see him in all of his goodness.